Hello and welcome back to the Supercoach Champions podcast. You're listening to Catfish. This is not Joe Fitz. Joe Fitz is soft. He is a late withdrawal. Uh, and that poor guy, is, um, he's, he's a bit crook. Uh, not pulling up very well from Magic Round, so it was a good time for us all. But I am joined by some champions, real champions this time. First and foremost, the usual 2018 overall champion, Guy Feeney. Bear, mate, how you going? Yeah, mate. Haven't had another um, pretty good week. Um, picked the right captain, which was good. So still amongst it. And, um, yeah, mate, have, having a good week. Magic Round was a bit up and down, <laughs> a bit up and down and that's been pretty controversial. But, um, yeah, looking for this week of footy. Yeah, look, Magic Round, the, the, the magic really wasn't the footy. It was the experience. Uh, I can say that because I was lucky enough to be there. Uh, but we are joined this week uh, by another Joe, who also happens to be a Bulldogs fan. It's the 2020 reigning champion, Joe Nadov. How are you going, mate? Good gents. How are you going? Good to be here. I'm fantastic. Thanks for the plenty of notice tonight, Wilfred. I love it. Look, it's uh, we really appreciate it. Like I said, uh, Joe Fitz, late withdrawal, very, very late. And I just happened to be messaging you at the time. And I was like, if you're free, you're on. So we appreciate you jumping on. It's so good to have. Forty training finished early. The kids are asleep. The wife's on Netflix tomorrow. Mate, you are, you've got it under lockdown already. <laughs> How are you traveling this, this season, mate? Mate, I've had two good weeks. I just fourteen ninety nine this week um, in school. Captain Turbo had Cleary like everyone, I guess. Daniel Tupo is probably my smoky. Obviously cracked 100. Good to see. Um, yeah, only way is up, I guess. I made one trade, so trying to conserve a few trades while moving forward as well. Just, hey, before we go, just on um, out of curiosity, who have you got for the uh, that other wing spot from Fox? We you brought in Tupo thinking it was going to be Toto, or do you reckon... Mate, I think it was top. For me, it's what happens with the centers. I mean, Zach Lomax was a shoe in. So when I brought Tupo in, um, Lomax was, you know, in the media as making that center position. And I assumed Tom Turbo would go to the wing. So that's sort of, I, mean, I wouldn't be buying Tupo now. Obviously, not playing the first buy around. I take it you've but, had it for yeah. some time, basically. For three weeks, yeah. I think I got him in for the Newcastle game where he turned up as well. Good timing there. The other wing, yeah. Fergo hasn't been too good for me when I brought him in. I brought him in about three weeks ago and hasn't done much. So. Unfortunately, uh, you know, it doesn't help when the main playmaker there, Dylan Brown, gets suspended and Absolutely. you know, you've got rookies and they've swapped sides and all sorts of things going on for the Eels. But look, fourteen ninety nine, that's a huge score considering you didn't captain Cleary. Yeah. I, I also didn't captain Cleary, unfortunately. I uh captain Ryan Pappenhausen. Oh, uh, but I scored thirteen forty four. That saw me drop another one thousand ish ranks. So um sitting at about nine thousand now overall. I've Literally four weeks in a row, I've just dropped ranks one after okay. another. It's just been painful. But, uh, you know, from 1.2, so one, around the 1,200s to 9,000 in four weeks, that's that's where I'm at. What are you going to do with Pappenhausen? Cause I think I'm just going to hold him. Next week versus Brisbane. Wow. Well, that's it. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers and yeah. toes and everything, hoping he will be back. And obviously, you know, a lot of people would have sold him or they won't get him. And if he's, I guess, relatively lower ownership against the Broncos in round 12, then it could be really, really good. Yeah. We'll have to see. There, you've flown up the rankings, but you're still around the 1500 mark. So gone strong there. Yeah, mate. Just, uh, that, uh, yeah. I, and I was spewing. I was hoping a few more people, because obviously I had Turbo Vice Captain, like a lot of people probably did. And I was hoping more people would have um, looped, but they didn't. Maybe if the game was a 
the other game was a bit earlier. They might have did it before they saw all those Nuff Stenner scores. But, um, yeah, mate, just sitting outside the top 1,000, so I'm still in for a shot at that top 1,000 finish, which is good. Yeah, and we spoke in previous weeks how, like, people started to talk about, oh, my season's done, giving up and all that stuff. But that's that's crazy talk, and we'll, we'll discuss that in a bit more detail this week. But we've literally seen, you know, movement of – three, four hundred points in a round due to things like obviously captaining the Supercoach record uh, versus someone who, you know, made a pretty solid decision looping 119 for Turbo. Uh, there's so many pods in your center wing, like Daniel Tupo and other guys who can go 100 plus. So realistically, even if you're a thousand points back still, uh, still a lot of rounds left. There's still two big buy rounds to go. I wouldn't be giving up, that's for sure. Uh, so, just um, guy, you want to give a bit of a shout out to our champs at the moment? Yeah, mate, we've got a few of the boys who are absolutely killing it. Reese, coach of Thrawn's Legion, he's sitting there in eighth in the in the top ten, so he's sitting on a th- what a thousand bucks there. MJ, coach of the forty twenties, with he, he's had a massive score, mate. He scored one thousand seven hundred and twenty one. And he's shot up to 17th, so well done there. The Chumps Only League, uh, they're sitting now at 12th. I think they're on a, on a bit of a slide. They went from 11th to 8th and then back to 12th, so yeah. it's a bounce up and down. Going all right, but you can't be too upset about that. And the Turbos Hemis Cup, still up there as second ranked in the league. So good on everyone in those two leagues there. Yeah, so I just wanted to really quickly bring us back to MJ. So... He was ranked around the 350, 400 mark. And with his one massive score, he's gone up to 17th. So wow. that really highlights how much you can move in one round. Obviously, you had to pull out an absolute monster of 1721 to get that. But it's very possible, basically. So I think, you know, it's a perfect example of why you shouldn't give up. Especially in today's game. I mean, we had the highest score ever last week. It's got pipped this week again. So that's right. Pretty it's insane, two eh? weeks. It's, it's incredible. I think I saw there's like 60 plus scores over 1700 yeah. this week alone. So it's it's an insane thing. And you know, we might weigh into it a little bit later, but you kind of think it's just obviously these the fast pace of the game plus less stoppages plus obviously now you know we saw a number of teams only have like 11 people on the field at, at some times against 13, and they were just leaking points like crazy. So. Yeah. Look, speaking of leaking points, uh, I'm going to throw it over to Bear. Mate, you've got something to share with us? Mate, I'm sitting here in my Manscaped jocks. Mate, they're the best ever. I I still can't get past them. But anyway, mate, again, the nose trimmer came the other day. That thing's killing it. But for all over, you've got to get this performance package, mate. So Manscaped, the performance package, it's the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Uh, mate, you get the weed whacker included in there, which we're talked about, the ear and nose hair trimmer, waterproof, mate, you can do it all in the um, shower, it's beautiful. Uh, it's got proprietary skin safe technology, mate, so no nick snags, it doesn't tug, it's it's comfortable as. It's also, you've got the lawnmower 3.0 trimmer in there, the best shavers for your bores, your butt, you can use it on your body, mate, it's gold. I'm I'm t- turning into not bear at the minute. All my hairs to disappear, making the missus a bit happier. But anyway, mate, you, you get the boxes, all this sort of stuff. It's it's great. You get the performance package now. You receive two free gifts: the Manscaped boxes, 
and the shed travel bag. So you should really look into that. Get 20% off free shipping with the code CHAMPIONS at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for making our holes look sexy. I've got to say, my wife, um, since I got my pack about three weeks ago, she's a laser head therapist, so she's no, no longer needed. So I'm loving, I'm wrapping it too. I love it. Thanks, guys. That's great. That's yeah. a good shout out there. I think a lot of our missus are happy. Maybe yours is not so much because you seems like it might be putting her out of a job. <laughs> but uh, there's plenty of good stuff. But look, I was finally lucky enough. Joe, you you better be careful, mate. You got five kids already. Yeah, don't mate. You? Maybe go again. No, yeah, you keep using hey. that. You might be down for another two. Why not? Footy team. Why not? <laughs> you're, you're well on your way there to that footy team, that's for sure. Especially with the Simpins, yeah, eleven man side <laughs> these days. <laughs> Look, I was lucky enough to catch up with NRL Physio. He's back, uh, recovered from Magic Round, and I'm just going to share with you guys my chat with him from earlier today. What's the matter? Haven't you ever seen a football injury before, you wimps? Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast. We've got Brian here. The NRL physio himself, fresh from a magical weekend. Did you have a good time, mate? Mate, it's a cracker, cracker. First weekend I've had off during the season in, uh, yeah, in a while, but I pretty much just put my phone down and, um, yeah, wanted to enjoy the footy and, and, yeah, look, I mean, it probably wasn't the greatest spectacle in terms of the on-field product, but as anyone who went to Magic Round will know, it's uh, yeah, it's just an awesome, like a festival of footy, which is exactly what I like. So, yeah, it was a really good weekend. Yeah, the, the key thing about Magic Round is not really the footy itself. It's really everything around it, the atmosphere, how good Suncorp is in terms of pubs around the place, things like that. So, yeah, good mm-hmm. to let your hair down a little, and I'm glad you had a little bit of a break. But look, there's no break for the NRL and obviously not for injury analysis, so we'll jump straight in. So before the round started, we had a couple of uh, shock withdrawals. Obviously, the news on Harry Grant and Cam Munster broke out. Uh, can you shed any light? Um, any, are we likely to see them in the next couple of weeks? Or Yeah, look, both of them I'm a little bit concerned with. Um, Munster, uh, by all accounts, is all this frank injury. Uh, the, the Storm are obviously pretty confident that it's a minor Liz Frank injury because they've kind of said he could be back within three weeks. He was in a boot. Um, look, the Liz Frank, you know, the same pretty much all medical circles, Liz Frank is, is like the ACL of the foot. So it just, it's part of the midfoot. The midfoot performs such an important, uh, such an important role in the function of the foot, transferring the loads um, in the foot. So injury to that ligament, and you'll hear, you'll have heard me talk about Liz Frank injuries more commonly with those, you know, when they require surgery and stuff like that. And, and sometimes players will be quoted a 10-week recovery initially and then they still won't be back in 16 to 20 weeks, you know. So that's the nature of loose rank injuries is what can initially, you know, be estimated to be an X number of weeks injury. It can just extend on further than that. So that's probably the biggest concern with Munster is that it's potentially something that could linger a little bit longer. So I'm certainly not concerned with the severity of the injury, but more the nature of the injury. So the fact that it is a loose frank injury is a bit concerning. So they think he's going to be back in three weeks, but I, I wouldn't say that's a guarantee at this point. Um, and then Harry Grant, the thing there, once again, they, they seem confident you know, that he could be back within three weeks, but then they described it as a tear. Um, now, look, I, like different, you know, clubs will talk about things differently, but usually when you talk about it, when you hear a tear used 
um, referring to a muscle injury, it's usually at least a grade two injury because a, a tear, you know, with those grade two injuries indicates a partial tearing of the of the muscle fibres. So a grade two hamstring tear, you're usually looking at four to six weeks, uh, which would mean that, you know, that two to three weeks sort of return to play is, is a bit out of reach for Grant. Uh, once again, all the usual concerns of, you know, high recurrence rate in those early phases, stuff like that. So I think with both of those guys, like I had Harry Grant in my, I literally traded him in like for one week and then I just got rid of him straight away because I just, you know, I, I'm not even going to count on the fact that he might be back in three weeks and even if he is, there's that increased risk of, um, of re-injury. So I think for fantasy purposes, I'd, I'd yeah, I, I'd be moving both of them on just with the uncertainty fairly quickly unless you had of other issues that you needed to, to look at. Yeah, I think that's the advice we'd kind of been dishing out, but it's good to know that the injury, I guess the, the expertise kind of backs that up as well. Uh, On to another key player, Kalen Ponger, obviously uh, a shock withdrawal. I was devastated because I was really hoping to see him play at Magic Round. I, you know, last last time we were there, uh, I got to watch Ponger um, just tear up the Bulldogs in person. He was my captain. It was just amazing being able to watch and, and enjoy that. So devastated he didn't get to play. But uh, apparently he was meant to be out at least uh, two weeks, but he, there's whispers he might be back this week. Yeah, well, this is a bit of a confusing one. It's, like, it's not often you get sort of conflicting reports, especially from someone like Barry Tui, who's usually you know really on the money with all that night stuff. But he came out, he was the first one to sort of report it that he'll miss at least two weeks with like a minor tear in the adductor. Um, so once again, you hear tear, you think at least a grade two, especially with those groin, you know, injuries, uh, partial tear, you can kind of get, you know, ongoing aggravation so it can extend out a little bit longer. Like usually they don't miss too much time, but it's just that performance, like they don't have as much zip. They don't have as much explosion off the mark. Um, you can, you know, kicking isn't great. So for his goal kicking and stuff like that. But then um, Adam O'Brien was interviewed and he sort of said, no, he's just got tightness in his groin and he could be back. You know, he was a chance for Magic Round. He could be back next week. So this is one where it's a bit hard to sort of give too much accurate prediction because we've, we've kind of got ones. I know they don't sound all that different, but certainly for expectation-wise, um, you know, if it's just tightness, and he, he potentially was close to playing Magic Round, that's not as big a deal. There still is, um, you know, some risk of um, in-game aggravation of symptoms and stuff like that. So there's enough there that, once again, if you were kind of on the fence of trading him out and stuff like that, with that, you know, that, that hanging over him, I'd like it's, it's something that I would advocate for trading out if you... If you you know, we're on, like, you, you had that 50-50 call. But then you've also got this report that it's much more significant than that. It's a partial tear and he's missing at least two weeks and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, the truth might lie somewhere in the middle. I, I, like, we're recording this as per usual before team list, so it'll be interesting to see whether um, Pong is named this afternoon. I think my, my summary is if he's named this afternoon, I think, yeah, there's no reason to sort of trade him out. I think you hang on to him and it was probably just a bit of minor tightness. Um, but if, if, if he's not named this afternoon, I'd, I'd be a bit more hesitant to sort of hanging on to him for too much longer because those growing, the nature of those growing injuries can linger around. And it's tough, obviously, with him not going to play round 13, playing Origin instead. So, I mean, I sold him last week, and that's pretty 
be devastating to me. I was hoping to hang on to him and Pappenhausen all season, and that's not really working out for me right now. But look, speaking <laughs> of Pappenhausen, uh, look, we all saw him get KO'd by Fui Maono. Uh, it was devastating. He was my captain this week, which really, really hurt, but it's all right. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, like I, I just said with um, the Ponga thing, captained him, watched him. I was, uh, you yeah, know, Captain Pappenhausen yeah. watching him. I, I jumped out of my seat when he set up that try for, for Jennings and then oh, I had... Um, and then Nico Hines went on and scored, what, 180 points? That's it. The, the only saving grace for me is I had Nico as well, um, off your recommendation. Oh. <laughs> so, so that, that oh. made it a little bit, little bit better, but it was still pretty bittersweet. But look, all that aside, um, you know, he's just got to go through the usual protocols. We've spoken at length about it, right? Um, I think the storm. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah. They, they have mentioned though that he is a little bit dusty, or I think the word they used was a, a bit doughy. Apparently, <laughs> I thought yeah. that was interesting. Yeah, that's you know that's a medical term, of course. So yeah, <laughs> that's it. Knew exactly what they were on about, but I think to me yeah. that and and to my uneducated opinion, I guess that probably says he's progressing slowly through the protocols, which means he's unlikely. To yeah, play he, he, like. Because of, because of the six-day turnaround, he would have had to be symptom-free pretty much straight away. Um, you know, like to get that six-day turnaround, you need to you need to be symptom-free immediately because the minimum return to play is that six days. So that means symptom-free from pretty much day one kind of thing. So the fact that he was suffering some form of symptoms, hopefully, yeah, not of the bakery kind, in the doughiness or whatever they want to call it, but. Um, yeah, look, like I would be surprised if he plays this week. Um, once again, you know, um, concussions are unpredictable. We don't know, um, you know, how long it's going to take past that. And most players are back in one to two weeks. But um, yeah, I, I would, I would be surprised if he if he plays this week. So um, I think if you if you got Hines, I, I think yeah, I, like I made the decision as as you did too to sort of bring Hines in. I think it was um, yeah, obviously the right call. It's tough to hang on to Pappy for that long and then have him go down like that. But that's uh, yeah, the luck of the game. Sometimes. I mean, I, I'm kind of minded just to keep holding him, right? If I've suffered this long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's well. It's one of those things. Like the, I think the next week he has the Broncos and stuff like that, and and. Well, the biggest toss up at the moment is, is with all this injury and with the fact that he's, you know, missed so much game time, is he going to play Origin? You don't know. Like, you know, he might, because he hasn't played much footy, they might not pick him. Um, so you, you could have an extra number in round 13 too. So I've got both him and Hines. Uh, it's, it's one where I've got more than enough cash at the moment. So I'm, I'm really tossing up. Teddy is looking pretty juicy this week. That'll be a big toss-up for me whether I want to sort of bring Teddy in for his next couple of weeks because I think he's a yeah a good chance to score a lot of points. But yeah, injury-wise, look like you know it's it's more like the odds are in his favour that he'll be back the following week against the Broncos. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't count on having him this week. No, that's fair. And I was lucky enough I went Ponga to Teddy last week, so that worked out all right for me. Uh, so another name that we were hoping to see play a bit more, but Sean Johnson, another late withdrawal. Well, not really. He he wasn't named, was he? So he uh, was it a hamstring injury again for him? Yeah, yeah, it's a hamstring. Look, really, uh, like quite a, a bit of a red flag for me. Sort of, you know, he had. There were reports a couple of seasons ago. Like we we know XJ has a, a history of you know rolling muscle strains, whether it be calf, hamstring, quad, all that kind of stuff. Um, there was even talk that they thought that it was a lower back issue, you know, like whether a disc bulge or something like that that was causing 
weakness or, or referred symptoms down into his lower limbs that were, were causing strains and that kind of thing. That was a couple of seasons ago. Then he's had the Achilles. Um, you can get what we call compensation injuries with that. So, you know, as you're rehabbing the Achilles, you've got altered, you know, loading patterns through the legs and stuff like that. So more pressure can be put on the hamstrings, that kind of thing. Um, you can even have, like, neural issues from the Achilles injury. So Darius Boyd, uh, you know, when he suffered his Achilles injury, then he had a lot of hamstring issues moving forward. And they thought that was because of a nerve issue from his Achilles as well. So it just spells a lot of, I think, for, for certainly for fantasy purposes with SJ, he's not someone I'd be jumping on, like, straight away, um, you know, even after the bye. Uh, you know, e- even if he's back and, 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 you know, he's obviously someone that is best you want in your side. But I- I'd be waiting right up until the, you know, what, what is it, round 17, the next bye or whenever it is. Like, I- I'd just be waiting right up till that point to sort of bring him in because, you know, the, the, the risk of further issues sort of down the track is, is just quite high. Yeah, I'm very nervous as much as I love SJ and I often trade him in. Uh, definitely going to watch and wait and hopefully he make, see him make it through at least three, four games before I even think about getting him in. And we had a couple of other hamstring. I mean, Hummel Hunt uh, is a perfect example, I guess, of hamstring injuries and reoccurrences and how hard yeah. it can be to return. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so other big injuries, I suppose, from the actual Magic round, Josh Curran, very popular, cheapy. Uh, plenty of us had him this week and looks like he's is it, is it actually a broken arm or a fractured elbow or? no we're not well, yeah we're not sure yet I think the biggest thing with him and once again they'll probably release something with painless so it's going to go one of two ways but with all extended elbows they can look really nasty but they're usually a pretty quick turnaround so I think Ryan Sutton's a chance to be named this afternoon as well after a really nasty hyperextended elbow a couple of weeks ago so and like um, the the second row from Manly, Hamoli Alakatao, or um, yeah, I'm sure I got that pronunciation right, but he dislocated his elbow but didn't suffer a fracture and it was horrible. It was flopping all over the place and he was back in five weeks. So the, the, the hyper-extended elbows, they can usually come back pretty quick if it's just kind of that ligament injury, which usually comes with it. If there's a fracture, it'll be six weeks. So it, it's going to go one or two ways. If he's avoided a fracture, it'll be a quick, usually a quick sort of recovery. But if it's a fracture, he'll, he'll be out for a while. So hopefully we get some news this afternoon um, and hopefully he's avoided a fracture because if he has, he, he's probably a hold. Like, he can probably hold on to him because he'll be back soon. Because I did see, like, some people are saying, like, two weeks to all the way up to eight weeks. Obviously, it makes a huge difference in what you're planning to do with him. If that's the case. So I guess, yeah. as you said, wait and see for further information. Another injury for Kieran Foran. Unfortunately, the man is just so unlucky and, you know, you can't say it's a, it's a you know, he's not injury prone because he's broken his hand this time, I believe. Yeah, and this is another one of those ones. I mean, like, like I, you know, I always say that, you know, repeated hamstring injury sufferers, that kind of thing. Yeah, there's a bit of proneness injury there. But poor old Foran, like, you know, you can you can really get stuck. Like, you see, every time I post something on him, everybody gets stuck in him. But the poor bloke broke his hand. Like, you know, that can... It's, can happen to anyone. Um, so, yeah, look, the, the good thing is is that with those broken hands, if it's the right bone, they can be back within two to three weeks. So I think Des was saying they, they, they're they hoping he's back for around 14, sort of post the bye. So, and I think that's, you know, achievable if it is in the right spot, um, you know, the, the fracture. So there's a chance that he's back pretty quickly. So Josh Schuster probably won't be in the, the 5-8 role for too long, you would. 
All right, that's good to know there. And Matt Dufty, probably the only other major injury, he hurt his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, AC joint injury, or that was what they suspected, and that's what the mechanism suggested too. Um, there was a report on NRL.com yesterday, I think he's, he's looking at three to four weeks. With those AC joint injuries, you can usually needle them up and come back pretty quickly, even if the damage is pretty extensive. Um, you're just at a risk of, you know, if you cop another blow, you can aggravate your symptoms and stuff like that. But someone like Sam Walker is a perfect example. He's playing through a high-grade um, AC joint injury and just getting it needled up every week, uh, you know, whether that's the, the best thing for an 18-year-old or not. But, um, yeah, the, that, that's what you can do with AC joint injuries. So I would, um, yeah, I wouldn't expect an emergency recovery for Dusty provided he's avoided a fracture. <laughs> I was going to say, and, and since you brought us to Sam Walker, I mean, the Roosters have always been pretty good with their injury management and looking after their players. You can see how they've t- how seriously they're taking concussion and things like that. Like, what are your thoughts on what they're doing with Sam Walker, though? Like, honestly, you yeah. would have thought he should be resting right now. Like, I'm sure, like, well, obviously, we don't know the exact details of what's going on with his AC joint and what's going on with his, well, now his syndesmosis as well, so the high ankle. But I, I was shocked he played this week. Um, you know, it's, it, it's one of those times where the Roosters are chugging along pretty well. They're, like, even though they lost through Hutchinson, they do have, you know, well, see, that's the thing. They don't have Hutchinson. They don't have Verrills. Um, but I thought, you know, you, you could have rolled out Lamb and Kieran in the halves, or you could even rolled out like a, you know, a, uh, Joey Manu at 5'8", and, and, and given Suwali's debut or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely surprised that um, that they haven't given Walker a couple of weeks off because the best thing for an AC joint injury and the best thing for a minor, you know, syndesmosis injury is to give it a couple of weeks where you're not going to aggravate your symptoms. Um, you know, let that inflammation settle down, help get that function back. So, uh, yeah, like it, it's one of those ones that hopefully what you'd be looking for is that when they get all their troops back, they might give him a couple of weeks just, you know, to let it settle down. Uh, he's obviously handling it, you know, as well as he can so far. But, yeah, as you say, it's definitely different to how they've sort of treated a few things in the past. So hopefully it means that it, like it looks worse than it actually is. But, um, yeah, it's something we I, – I went to Magic Round with a whole bunch of physios and we but that was a topic of discussion for us that we couldn't believe that, you know, he was playing that week. I wonder if there's a thought that maybe if he gets to another week and then they might give him one week off just before the bye, so he might get about three weeks of rest all up between the bye and obviously the one week off. So who knows? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Well, thanks always for coming on and having a chat. It's been a couple of weeks, but you've just, I think we've all been a bit slammed with work and everything like that, but a super coach yeah. never stops. So we do appreciate you coming on. Uh, as always, uh, I think, do you want to give your Patreon a quick plug? I gave you a plug last week as well. <laughs> oh, nice, mate. Yeah, no, look, it's still going. I'm, you know, trying trying to, you know, do different things all the time. It's like any time there's a big injury. So, you know, did a big write-up on, on Grant and um, uh, Munster when it came out, Palmer when it came out, you know, just uh, like pretty much any thoughts that I have in my head, I, I put in a big big write-up to give you guys an insight into, you know, what goes on inside my head when I hear about these injuries um, and, and rather than just, you know, the short posts that I do and, and that probably gives, you know, particularly super coaches, it gives you, uh, you know, all the information to sort of make an informed decision about your trades and, and, and different things and, yeah, and the injury wraps and Q&As and all that kind of stuff. So it seems to be going pretty well so far. 
plus the best casualty ward you'll find in any sort of NRL media. That's that's to be clear. Yeah, except it hasn't been updated since the weekend, unfortunately. Don't tell them that. Uh, it, yeah, it'll be updated. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be updated by the time they listen to this. All good. <laughs> it will. Absolutely it will. I'm back fresh and ready to go. All right, mate. Cheers again. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you again soon. Too easy, mate. Steven, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations. The rest of you made the team. Except you, you and you. All right. It's round 11, jumping into the team list. So, as always, we're going to take it team by team, matchup by matchup, highlighting the key ins and outs, and, yeah, just a bit, bit of chat, basically. So, Bear, how about you start us off? Uh, Cowboys and Knights on Thursday night. Thursday night's footy is back. Yeah, mate. I'm, like, I love Magic Round, but that Thursday night footy just eases you into the weekend. It's gold after three days' work to watch a game. This game's going to be interesting. Two teams that aren't in the best of form at the minute. Um, the Knights look absolutely rudderless without Ponga in the team, and which is a bit weird because I don't mind their forward pack. Again, they're starting now. Clemmer, Saifidi, uh, Frizzell, Fitzgibbon and Barnett. Look, it's so close to 13. If you've got any of those guys like your Mitch Barnett, your Connor Watsons, you've probably got to hold them to get through 13. Afterwards, but the minutes are all over the place. The only one who you'd you'd probably keep out of there would probably be um, Frizzell once he's back. He's... I think he he's their eighty minute man, but apart from that, the other guys are swapping around too much. On the Cowboys side of things, Tamalolo seems to be finding a little bit of form, but I still think there's better options. But keep an eye on him because obviously we all know how destructive he is, and if they can get him running a bit more um, when the, some players are fatiguing, just getting his um, Timons right on and off the field. He should be able to take advantage of that. And Tom Gilbert, I think that's his second game, but he's he's at that awkward price where you'd probably want him cheaper. But they do have a rookie on the bench with, I'm going to say, Luke, Lukey? I, I, that's probably wrong. But... Your guess is as good as ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably wrong, but... um. Yeah, it, that that's interesting. But again, bench forwards, you just never know how they're going to go. So obviously, I think out of both these teams, you're probably looking at a Val Holmes and um, hopefully Bradman best because he looks good. But I think you need Ponga back for that. And I guess the encouraging thing we saw was uh, even though Lolo's score wasn't great, he only scored 53, but he played 64 minutes. So that's back-to-back um, games where he definitely saw much better minutes. I mean... Joe, any interest in Tamalolo for you? Mate, obviously after round 13, hopefully he can drop down a bit more. But the game before, he was back to his blockbusting best. I think he took a personal, didn't he, in that game? It's the Broncos, though. That's why. Yeah, exactly. And you know, his battle with Payne Haas and, and um, Pangai Jr. Like I said, mate, post uh, that round 13, boy, why not? If you can bottom out you know, under 500k and continue those minutes, like you said, Wilfred, absolutely. I'm, um, I actually fancied you mentioned him, guy Tom Gilbert. He scored 46 in 39 minutes on the weekend. So if you can get Jag 55, 55 minutes, mate, you know, come that second buy round. The only issue I have there is uh, Cohen Hess uh, is yeah. not in the team because he's out due to HIA and not having enough time to get around. So definitely hold off on Gilbert. Keep an eye, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you, you, Great shout there. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the second game. We've got the Warriors and the West Tigers. Joe, what are your thoughts on this team? Any any interest in either team for you? Well, obviously, Tigers, plenty of interest with the round 13 coverage. Mate, I was, my first trade last Monday morning was um, Adam, Adam Dewey. 
And then when news broke that he was playing um, in the centres, I thought, geez, Maguire's crazy, he can't coach. And I think I took him the band with everyone else bagging out the Tigers um, head coach there, but geez, worked out a treat. And if anything, he's getting more sort of space to work his magic. He's kicking goals and anything with the Tigers, they're good one week and they're shocking the next. So It's hard to rely on that. Absolutely. But if you're looking at that buy in round 13, um, obviously Luciano Lua could be you know, a sneaky one. No Faluma's probably only around the 20% mark. So yeah, they're probably the only three that really pick my ears in the Tigers. And we're just hoping for Otakamona to come back and maybe Simkin for those that have held. And you've still got Laurie as well? Of course, yeah, Dan Laurie, yeah. You think he's a hold? I think so. If you've got him now, you've stuck out this way, this far. I would say you'd hold on to him. Yeah, I'm I'm currently on Dewey. I've got Lucy, and they're, they're definitely holds, but I cannot wait till 13 till I can start offloading some of them. Hey, oh, yeah. It's a yo-yo that you just don't need. Absolutely. And you look at that. I mean, they're playing the Panthers in round 13, so hopefully they're quite depleted, so it's not so tough. But you look at rounds 14 and 16 for the Tigers, I would not want to have a single one and try try not to play yeah. any of them, basically, across those three games. It's going to be a bit of a nightmare for them. How about the uh, Warriors? Uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on, I guess, I mean, you know, we know how good Tohu Harris is. I don't think we need to talk about him, but any other names here that prick your interest? Again, not with, with without them playing round 13, not really. Um, Reese Walsh is a very, obviously, exciting prospect. He's great to watch. Beautiful eyes. So he's going to be on the front pages for a while. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, not really. Like I don't really see. I mean, RTS, if any fullbacks go down, if they have the right matchup. But then again, he's getting swung to the wing at times. So, yeah, no, not really for me. The only one I'd probably be looking at because he, he, he was looking pretty good last year and he was tipped to carry it in this year but was a bit having an injury issue was CHT he, he looked pretty good running the ball so if he can get back fully fit he he's probably one that I might look at I don't mind also looking at Cody Nicarima still holding the goal kicking there as well so obviously not pre-round 13 but and not, probably not even round 14 given they played Storm but Knights, Dragons, Sharks in round 17 then they finished the last five rounds with the Sharks, Bulldogs, Broncos, Raiders, Titans. So not a bad run home there. So something to keep in mind for the future. Josh Curran, that's a bit of a blow. Yeah, that's a bit of a shock. So right now looking at two to four weeks, I think, is what uh, the, the word is. So, uh, yeah, good good shout. Do you, do you think he's a hold? 20 break even. I guess maybe wait and see. I mean, if you've got more pressing issues, but I mean, you can... 389k, you can turn him into a, like, you know, a Gilbert or someone that's playing in that round 13 by. I'm probably holding at this stage. Bad, what are your thoughts on current? Yeah, I don't know. I think I could probably hold up because you've got, I've got a few I've got to get rid of now because I'll be playing Origin like your, your Welch and you'd think Capewell would, might still sneak his way in. So, yeah, you could probably hold and get away with it. But if people traded, I wouldn't blame them. My issue is that just this game, obviously, he got benched before the start, and that was partly due to his defense in the week before, which was pretty bad, basically. And he only got on quite early because of a HIA, I think it was to Egan or someone else. So Tavanga went to Hooker, and Karen was there early, and obviously jagged a try. But yeah, a bit of a concern there for me in that, like, even if he comes back, we don't know if he's going to be starting or on the bench. So that's that's probably. That leans me towards selling, and yeah, I guess. Well, there's so many back rollers. You've got Murch, you've got Katoa that's in the wings as well. Toe Harris every second, you know, twice a game gets to the edge. Murdoch Masilla. A lot of uh, competition for spots on the edge there. I really like Murdoch Masilla mm. in the middle. 
I thought he was really good for them. I agree. Moved into the middle and created a lot of opportunities for them. But I mean, Nathan Brown's hard to predict. And we saw this even when he was coaching the Knights. He liked to shuffle things around for no reason. And we're seeing that a lot with the Warriors there. Let's keep it moving. Maybe not the blockbuster of the round, the Sharks and the Dragons on Friday night footy. Bear, are you watching this game or are you going to you know, try drum up some brownie points with the missus? <laughs> no, brownie points for them, with them <laughs> for sure. They, it's, um, you've got to feel for the Dragons, hey, like that. If they if they don't smarten up, they could be missing a whole heap of more players too. Sharks should do them in easy here, but mate, Ramsey's back at fullback. It'll be interesting to see how he goes there. Farmer Suli, I liked him at the start of the year, so it's going to be interesting to see how he fills in at at lock. But again, apart from, I don't think you can really go near any of the Dragons for Super Coach purposes. The Sharks aren't the Sharks aren't much better. Yeah, that mate. There's not. There's nothing really interesting here. You can nearly just move on. I reckon. Bit of a bludge of this. <laughs> can I throw a few smokers in for the dragons? Absolutely. Paul Vaughan. He's a great of the past. Four hundred seventy thousand. He won't play Origin. You wouldn't think. Maguire's gone. Uh, Tarek Sims is gone. Surely his work rate jumps up. I think you know on paper it makes sense, but it's just so hard to trust any of these dragons. To me, that's what I'm wrestling with. I think. But yeah, look, definitely, definitely uh, worth a shout there. I, I actually wrote about him last yeah. week in my Telegraph article, and oh, yeah. just basically said keep an eye on him. But then, just watching them again, I'm just like, I'm just not convinced. <laughs> he, for me, he looked like he's starting to run on a, a bit of older legs as well, which is sad, right? Because he's not even that old, no, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. He just looks a bit off the pace. I'm, I don't know what it is, but. I, I do get that with, yeah. with how good he used to be, but, yeah, I don't know. And Jackson Ford's one as well. Please keep an eye on 360K. Um, come the origin, if he's a super coach-friendly sort of player, so if you can get 80 minutes on that edge with um, those injuries, maybe in two or three weeks, keep an eye on him. Yeah, I think that's a good shout. We, we spoke about him early in the season, uh, you know, before the season kicked off, I think. And the only thing I have an issue with is that Josh Kerr has been starting on an edge instead of Jackson Ford being in the team at all, which kind of rings alarm bells there for me because <laughs> Josh Kerr has not been very good on that edge. But, yeah, anyway, it's Anthony Griffin. Uh, it's hard to predict sometimes what he's going to do. And, I mean, look at, look at number 21, Gerard Beale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, good times. Anyway, uh, I think we should move on here. Uh, like, like you said, there's not too much going on. Titans and Bulldogs, first game on the Saturday. Joe, what are your thoughts on these two teams? I mean, are you loading up on your Titans or? Um, well, there's 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 player again. I think AJ Brimson. If you want to, you know, get rid of Tom uh, Trebovich or Tedesco, or if you've got a Ponga, come Origin for that. He's you know he can turn up very easily. Big Tano at lock. I think that's probably better for him. We'll play bigger minutes, and obviously no Fafita, and who else got suspended? Oh, SCSA. So again, there's middle forward space there. Um, but then again, misses Origin. So if you've got him, I'd definitely play him, but I wouldn't be buying him. Yeah, no, I think that's a good shout. I mean, is there a chance AJ Rimson is 18th man for Queensland, though? That's my only concern there, that he might not play around 13 either. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, that's what I'm saying. Hold probably till 13 or, you know, till we get better, better male. I mean, if Ponga's not fit, again, who plays fullback if Ponga's out? You'd assume Brimson, right? He's, he yeah, he's the incumbent. Year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All of our homes, but yeah. 
I know one thing you were speaking about, uh, sorry, not speaking about, but you, you tweeted about a couple of weeks back was about rotating those fullbacks. And I think Brimson was mm-hmm. one of the guys you highlighted as well as Dufty at some points. Yeah. Are, are you still um, in, in on that kind of strategy? Like, Mate, it's, it's a luxury. I think more it's probably a head-to-head tactic, you know, but like if you take, you know, follow that sort of theorem, Carthuson three weeks ago obviously turned up and turned up twice and then scored two 50s in a row. Whereas Tedesco was scoring 40s when Gutherson was turning up, and if you made the switch to a turbo Tedesco, so I mean, there's a lot of risk involved, obviously, but um, it could be pretty fruitful. I mean, I mentioned Nico Hines as well when Penhausen, Penhausen first got injured, and I wish I backed myself when I advised people to do it, but I mean, he went on a tear. He scored 90 and 90, then obviously the big score last week. Um, so I think there's definitely there's a reward for the the risk, but then again, you're gonna burn trades and my only issue with this year compared to other years the speed of the game the HIAs obviously is now this uh, crackdown with suspensions we're going to need those trades later on in the year so if you're coming to the last 10 rounds with you know 10 plus trades you're going to have a great you're going to be a great position to to carry ground so again if you're a head-to-head player I would definitely definitely earmark that as a strategy I think it's a good shout and we'll definitely dive into that a little bit later as yeah. well uh, Joe on your Bulldogs any anything <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Jared. Jared Anderson. I think. Um, mate, I got Luke Thompson about four weeks ago. He's, you know, he's doing his job. He's nothing special, but he's, um, well, he's called seventy-five on the weekend. You know, sixties and seventies, pretty consistent. You know, with Jackson out, um, he's it. Pretty much all we've got as in a forward leader. Um, so happy with him. He's churning away. He's all right. He'll make me a couple of a couple of dollars as well. But he'll probably definitely go by round thirteen. What what are they doing with um Dury and Smith? Are they just trying to give a few players a kick up the backside or something or like what? Well, Adam Miller had a shocker. Um, one of the turning points was when he took out the full, uh, the winger without the ball and the ball was in the air, just took him out, and then Canberra on the back of that scored a try when they were with eleven men on the field. So it could be Trent Barrett maybe giving like you said kick up the bum. Um, yeah, the poor Bulldogs. There's not much showing there. I think Brendan Wakem, for actual NRL, not super coach, showed a bit of um, bit of spark there for us. But there really isn't much there. The surface dummy half is very poor. Uh, you know, leg drive in the forwards pretty poor. It's tough. Not times. good for us, is it? Be very tough times. Yeah, it's good to see Burton and Adokar doing more. Yeah, mate. It's, it's, hopefully, <laughs> uh, that Burton doesn't backflip. Mate, I would have fallen in. Surely not. Surely not. Yeah, no. Let's hope not. And and I might ask you, do you know where Jackson Tupini is? Uh, injured. Is he? Okay. I yeah, was thinking, like, injured, surely yeah. round 11, we were going to see him starting. That's what I was expecting. Yeah. But... Yeah. yeah no, he's, um, I think, an elbow issue. Oh, right. Once he's yeah. back, surely they give him an edge. I reckon he'll be, he's going to be good, but... Mm. Well, I think they have to look to the... I'd like to see them put Avril out fullback. I think he's their forward plan... For the coming years, so I think why not chuck him in there? So you reckon Adokar next year just straight onto the wing as always? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's good to see Adokar scoring some tries before he, you know, goes on a drought when he comes to us. <laughs> Gets them out of the way. Spoken like a true Bulldogs fan. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. Oh, mate, it's we live in hope. Look, you and I, we're we're, we're in good company <laughs> this year. So that's it. That's so good. Well, let's just ignore Bear over there sitting at the top of the yeah. table. <laughs> That's it. Look, speaking of um, struggles, uh, Roosters and Broncos next game. Bear, mate, tell 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 us what are we doing here? Loading up on Roosters. Yeah, the Tedesco. I mean, everyone's saying he's back. I think he um, was the beneficiary of uh, matching up with a, against a pretty poor team. It was good to see Crichton cross again, and 
I think he's probably going to be a necessity for the run home after Origin. Hard to get him in now. Yeah, Sam Walker, I think he's got a pretty high break even. He doesn't play 13, so if you needed to make a trade or you need some money in the bank, you could probably look towards downgrading him. But again, it's not the probably not the best game to do it. He could get some few points in this game. It's it's just annoying me because the the Broncos like you you take away their bench because it it doesn't look like they've got a lot of depth at the minute. But you look at a team with like Payne Haas and um Pangai Junior. and You think they should be doing better, but I don't know. Again, they're just at the minute rudderless, and the gamble on <laughs> Albert Kelly coming back after six years that's pretty massive. So I don't know. I think. They need to get a few a few more leaders in there. But I don't know much about this bloke that's starting on the edge. So if any of you boys know about him. Um, yeah, don't it. expect much. He's been playing prop and kick up. So I don't know why he's on the edge. Okay. It's gross. Wow. So I, I think, uh, I mean, I've got four roosters. I've got Teddy. I uh, went Ponga to Teddy last week. So good timing there for me. Well, I'd be captaining this week. Oh, yeah, straight in, straight in, Captain Teddy. Look, I'm with you. I'm not entirely sold. He's not fully back from what I saw, but there were some positive signs, signs that we hadn't seen for a while. You know, him running into dummy half and creating damage (laughs) out of that. We hadn't seen that for a while, I felt. So some good signs, but, you know, as you said, beneficiary of going up against a crap team and look what he's got this week. So (laughs) had to do that to draw. To try and get some early ball from his halves, mate. I'd like yeah. that. Sam Walker's looking all right, and I, I, I get that, but they're just, they're just not on the same page still. Like, and Walker, like at the minute, you've, you've just got to give it to Teddy. Like, I know you, the, the, the defenses are still crashing in too as well. So he's going to get that big pass over the top. It's going to look good, but you've already seen teams that have. Um, fit up and can defend are going to shut the um, Roosters down pretty easy. And the way they're playing at the minute, they don't have a chance against you like your Penriths and your South and your Storm. So they've, they've still got a lot to work out, I think. Yeah, I actually attribute Tedesco's better score to Drew Hutchison being out. I mean, Lucky Lamb gives a lot of early quality ball, mm. whereas Hutchison would run, being a bigger body, run the ball a lot. He loves his short ball to his um, back rower, whereas Lucky Lamb would give a lot of space and early ball. So I think Tedesco with Lucky Lamb is much better fit. And Ikevalu, boys, how good is he going? Yeah, I, he was my other trade-in last week, so I was pretty happy with that. Oh, well done. I was hoping... He tops the hit-ups every, every week. Well, uh, I mean, I, I, I described him as um, Wish.com Brent Morris in my article. That's right, yes, I read that. That was outstanding, 2.0, yeah. So I was pretty happy in the end. Like, I mean, I was yeah, hoping well he was going to grab another try, but, yeah, if he goes for a Hattie this week, I won't be too upset. Mm. Aside from the fact it's against my team, but... <laughs> You know, if the next if if we're gonna get flogged, at least I want to make sure I get some super coach points exactly. out of it. This game, there could be a fair few bloody um sin binnings. Like if oh yeah, well, very high grade start Matt Lodge and Davida Pongo Junior. Anything could happen here. Victor Radley playing yeah. eleven on eleven. Question for you, guy. I'm sorry, guy. You mentioned Sam Walker. If the high break even, who would you trade him to though? Yeah, I mean, you missed Gamble last week. I mean, you could go and gamble again, but I mean. Yeah, coming off eight. Well, yeah, no, nah, probably not Campbell if you look at that yeah. coming up. But I don't know. I think last week's probably like to do it if you were going to do it. Yeah, oh. you should go with Jerome Hughes or someone that's going to actually play around thirteen. 
Yeah, that's the only issue. And they've still got the good run, but it's just like he's a player like him sitting at 600K. Once he drops down, I I don't know if he's going to get back up there again. So if if you're needing money, I just think even if you um, nuffed him out or went down to oh, even someone like a CHT or something or Nick Arima and banked a little bit and just um, hope that they rise or have a look at someone who's got a low break even and just write them up to someone you want. That's probably how I'll yeah, fair enough. I think you're missing the obvious guy. It's actually Mitch Moses, I think. Well, yeah, Mitch Moses. He's a hundred grand, and he's got like a fairly low break even. You know, going well while Dylan Brown's out. Plays the Knights in round thirteen, and then Tigers, and then Bulldogs straight after that. So a couple of easy ones. It's sneakily tough game this week, I think, against the Seagulls, and then obviously the the Bunnies next mm-hmm. week. So not so much these two weeks, but I think thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Could be quite good for Moses, but that's if you really wanted to. I, I'm of the opinion just hold Sam Walker. I think you want you want him for round 17. We def- you definitely want him this round, don't you? <laughs> SCG 5:30 game. Well, that's it. Yeah, obviously, if you got him this week, uh, it's going to be good yeah. there. And then, um, yeah, not to pick on your Bulldogs again. Round 17, the Roosters play the Bulldogs. Yeah. So. There you go. He'll step up again. Yeah, that's assuming he's not playing for Queensland. Surely not, right? <laughs> 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 All right, let's keep it moving. Uh, Raiders and the Storm. Bear, tell us about this one. How, how many points is Storm going to win by this week? Mate, I, I don't know. That, like, they have a lot of players out like in key positions. So, What, Chris Chris Lewis, gun 5'8", is going to lead you guys to What's going on there, hey? Surely, who have we got? Uh, Cooper Johns. You've, yeah, you've got Cooper Johns floating around at 19 there. Maybe they're going to do the old switcheroo at the last minute to take a bit of pressure off him or something. But, yeah, who knows? Maybe he's in there and they're just going to tell him to defend and let Hughes and Hines run the show. Who knows? I'd like, uh, again, Canberra aren't in the best of form, so I, I think we might sneak out with a win. I don't think it's going to be a by heaps. Hines is killing it, and anyone who got on early, good work. But I, th- I think they've got a bit lucky because if Storm were fully fit, he's he's coming off the bench this week and probably last week as well. So, who who do you think's more lucky, Hines owners or Papali'i owners? <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a toss up, isn't it? <laughs> Look, I'm I'm a I, I jumped on Heinz like three weeks ago, so I'm I'm well f- fully putting up my hand, and going, look, it's better than what I expected. I thought I'd have a couple of good rounds while Paps is out, and then I was just yeah. hoping to hold him until round thirteen when he'd play Origin. Uh, sorry, when others would play Origin, he'd get a run. <laughs> I'm gonna say Heinz owners are more lucky simply because it's all been injury. Once um, Papa Lee played a bit, it was obvious he was starting over bloody Lane. Lane's useless on an edge. So I'm going to go Hines owners as being luckier. But again, like Storm lucky, Brandon Smith comes back in. So he's a decent uh, after Smoothie went off. And he had a good kick on him too, by the way. But Brandon Smith's back. So that's lucky. He's He's a good reserve to put in there too. So... I don't know. Apart from that, if if I, I'm getting on Hines, I think this week, I think he'll probably play start right up two and play thirteen. So I'm you're paying overs for him from his starting price, but with it that big of a break even, you're probably going to make money off him as well by the time thirteen's over. 
Can I throw another curveball at you? I thought I saw, if I'm not mistaken, because Eremia, uh, the winger, was activated because of the foul play on Pappenhausen. So he, he got on the field, right, and he scored a try while Adokar was off for, like, his two-minute injury thing. And then he went off straight away after that. And then I saw him come back on at the end when Nico Hines, I think he moved to centre, and Eremia was playing fullback. So I'm wondering, is this is there a chance that Eremia comes in? Uh, he's in the 21 right now, and then Hines goes to six, and Lewis goes back to the bench. Wow. Yeah, well, that yeah, that's a possibility too. But Nico Hines at one or six at the minute is just killing people. So, so you wouldn't feel any hesitation if Hines at six, you'd still bring him in. Yeah, not with a break even at well, like what is minus sixty or something. Yeah, it's pretty pretty decent at the moment. Let me just double check. <laughs> yeah, yeah next sixty five. So it's yeah. fairly safe option either way. But yeah, and I'd I'd still probably put him in me any time try scorer option. <laughs> yeah, so I'd yeah, I'd, I mean, there's a few the debutants coming in. So Stormer got Aaron Penne, and um, the Raiders have got Brad Schneider and. I don't know the the Raiders are in trouble this year. There's uh, uh, from the outside looking in, you don't obviously know, but it, obviously some of the players and Ricky are a bit offside, and they're just not getting it together. And they were uh, most people would have had them as a top four side at the start of the year, so at least top six, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easy top six. Um, but yeah, but that Storm should win. I don't know if it's going to be massive. Joe, any uh, names pop out to you from this matchup? Um, oh, for the Raiders, uh, CHN, mm-hmm. um, he's got the good game, obviously, offloads, and he jagged a try on the weekend, but I just don't trust Ricky Stewart when he comes to his forwards. It's tough, isn't um, it? Obviously. That's that's the one reason I stayed away as much as I wanted to. Yeah, same. It was 300k last week, yeah, and nah, no real interest, obviously, Nico Hines. I wanted to shout out George Jennings, keeps getting the job done, and Justin Olam, if you want to smoke you for round 13. Yeah, um, Bear's been all over Olam. Know, like, he was uh, yeah. top top five centre wing, wasn't he? Meant to be. Yeah, hey, he's sneakily still going along all right. What's he what's he at now? <laughs> four sixty seven. He's what? Four hundred and sixty seven K. Oh no, I was I meant like Average. Hey, let, oh average? Fifty eight. Let me do a quick points overall for center wingers and I'll get back to you. I was gonna say, like, if you're talking about average, I mean here's a couple of names that are averaging better than him. Uh, Morgan Harper, Jesse Arthurs, Ravalawa, Watini Zelezniak. I think Olam finally learned how to pass since I had a car's been successful lately. Oh, that- Remember the start of the year, Olam would just tuck the ball under his wing and go for it himself. I, I reckon Olam has, like, especially that game um, Fox got like six tries. I think he helped him out a little bit there. There was oh, a yeah. little run over for. Hey, listen, he's he's only on. He's on 580 points overall, so he's currently sitting at 14th for centers, but I reckon he can go for a run and finish top five, so he's not out of it yet. Fair call, fair call. Back yourself. Back yourself. Yeah. Come on, Justin, you can do it. That's it. All right, uh, so let's keep it moving. The next game we have the Rabbitohs and the Panthers. This will be a great one, and this is over in Dubbo. So Rabbitohs big in Latrell Mitchell's back which that sees Cody Walker move back to 5'8", which is, uh, I think, much better for a super coach right now at the moment. They also get Josh Mansour back uh, from his hamstring injury. Do you think the Rabbitohs are any chance there against the Panthers this week? I actually 
Yeah, I don't mind the um the Rabbitohs bench compared to the Penrith. So if if South can go with them and not let them get away, I think once Panthers have to go to that bench, I think that's when they might be able to take advantage. But it's hard to back against Penrith the way they're playing. That's a fair call. Joe, what are your thoughts? Do you reckon? Yeah, mate. Penrith, yeah, very electric. Um, I don't think, I don't see South winning. I think Dubber could be like a home away from home for Penrith. They would have a lot of support up there. Yeah, but, um, geez, how good they going, Penrith? Across the park. like It's ridiculous, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's good to watch. I mean, they're like a bunch of mates, you know, having fun and, I mean, like you said, we've been speaking about speaking about the left hand edge of the of the Panthers, you know, with um, obviously Luai Kikau, uh, Burden, and and Toto, and then the last two weeks has been all right edge, and like imagine they both click at the same time. Gee whiz! Uh, you just feel there's going to be one game soon enough where both edges just go off, and it's going to be oh, like mate. seventy nil no, or something. Yeah. Well, exactly, you know, and like Fisher Harris, geez, how hard's he running? And Liam Martin off the bench, like Leota, that try he scored. You know, I think kick has been quiet as well. Like it's just a lot of yeah. You know, it's just it's mind-boggling how good these guys can get. It's just kind of scary, right? There's so many good supercoach yeah. options, which is obviously absolutely. I think uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a closer game. We're not going to see 44, uh, you know, 50 points mm. or whatever. But uh, I can't see the Panthers losing. Like it just yeah. seems like they're not going to lose. That's how good no, they're going. Of course. But, Against does Latrell make origin at left center? You reckon? With no Lomax and the the form he was in, I reckon possibly. But he's he's got to show that he's got that little niggle and losing his head. He's got to lose that out of the game. But he's the he's probably the best option. I think so too. Like who else would you put in at left center aside from Turbo? But I think Turbo is probably the best best option for right center right now. I agree. Only one that could be is if they go like a Luai Cleary. Harves and they want to stick with Wyden, he could play there. But I think after last year, we had Wyden and, and Gutherson in the centres, and I mean, Capo showed them up. Like, surely Freddie's learned to pick specialist centres. So. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. I mean, Latrell has been there for a long time. Yeah, exactly. No, I agree. I think, uh, look, on, on Cody Walker, though, I mean, if you had him, would you hold him for this game? Would you play him or would you hold him? Oh, good question. Oh, you got to play If you've got Cody Walker, you got to play him. And... If you still have him now, then yeah, I'd be holding through. I doubt he makes Origin, so I'd probably he'd be a keeper until after Origin, and then you'd have to decide if you want him and Luai or or Munster. Those are the top three, I reckon, at your five eight spot. I think if he doesn't make Origin, then obviously he's going to be good for you for round seventeen, right? So you're going to just keep holding through that period, and you look at rounds fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. The Knights, the Broncos, the Tigers, and then gets the Cowboys in round 17 and the Bulldogs in round 18. So I think Cody Walker is definitely a hold for me, uh, especially if he does miss Origin like that. I'll be buying him. Yeah, but his base is really poor, as we saw last week. Oh, we put against Melbourne. If he doesn't drag those attacking stacks, the stats, like he's got two tries on the weekend yeah. um, against Canberra the previous week, but before Melbourne, he's got, he set up three tries. So. I think his base is like ten to twenty. Yeah, so. but you you get you get him out sort of playing any team outside of the storm on pen. Yeah, like that's true too. You get those top four teams are so much better than everyone else. Yeah, and he's shown like I mean round one he went eighty plus against the storm as well. So he's shown he can score against anybody. And the lack of base that's been there the last couple of years anyway. He's still going sixty yeah, seventy average. So it's just a freak. 
Um, just a really, really, yeah. uh, I think, you know, Bear, Bear always mentions how opportunistic he is as a player, and it's true. That's why he doesn't need the base because any sniff of a chance he's there and he, he's scoring tries, he's supporting. I just wouldn't be captain in him. With you. It, it's hard to go past the fullbacks and Cleary at the moment as your captain. So if you've got him playing, but err on the side of caution if you're going to play. Yeah, he's a great VC option, but yeah, I could never captain Cody Walker. I just couldn't do it. Uh, and then finishing up with uh, probably one of the best games of the round, the Eels and the Seagulls. Um, Joe, what do you what do you reckon here with the Eels? Give them a shot. Mate, I, I do like the Eels. Obviously, playing that round 13. Um, like I said earlier, I uh, bought Blake Ferguson in three weeks ago and then um, Waka Blake came back into first grade and um, Ryan Madison's on his side, two guys that are notorious for not passing. So he's been a bit of a letdown. But like, mate, Michael Seaver's got a big break even, but he can score from anywhere. My thing is Gutherson. People are telling me they want to sell Gutherson, but you've had him for this long and you've got around 13 coming up. My only issue with Gutherson now with Pappenhausen out is could he be either the number 14 or the number 18 man like for the squad? So there's a few things to think about there, but Papale here, Madison are solid options. Um, a lot to like with Pam and Mitchell Moses as well, if you want to smoke in the halves. Yeah, I think that that point for Gutherson is so tough, right? Because you want to sell him mm. at peak price if you if he's not going to play around 13. Like going Gutho to... To Teddy this week would be amazing, given the matchups, and you know obviously Teddy's definitely not going to play Origin either. But if Gutho misses round thirteen, then you'd rather have Teddy at around five low five hundreds yeah. and and cash in all that uh, money that Gutho's made, and then you know maybe you get Gutho back in later. Like who knows? But yeah. yeah, I think it's a really tough call. I think for Gutho owners, I'm, I've watched him go well and I wished I owned him, but this is the one week where I'm like, I'm glad I don't know Gutho this week. It'd be a tough call for me. I mean, Bear, what would you do if you had Gutho? Probably sell and take the money. Although, yeah, I don't know. It's odd. Yeah, I think if you have if you don't have Teddy in and you've got Gutho, obviously Ponga and um, Paps are out, I'd probably sell him to Teddy with that run up to 13. It makes it easier if you've saved some trades, but... Yeah, I'd be. That's it, isn't it? I just, I think, obviously, Paris, you've got some great options in there for thirteen, but I don't know. I'm smelling an upset this game. Hey, I, I think Manly can do them. I agree. You look at how the the, the Tommy Turbo led Seagulls are just flogging teams compared to what they dished up before he came back. It's just incredible, right? Ah, oh, mate, on form, Tommy should be the New South Wales fullback. I get that he can play other positions and Teddy can't, but, mate, that the bloke is... Out of this world. He's a, yeah, he's on another level. Yeah, out of this world. It's absolutely on fire. Just amazing how he makes so many players around him look good. Like Jason Saab was, you know, <laughs> park footballer three or four weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. You know, Morgan yeah, Harper. Garrick, Brad Parker, like. Are you worried about Kieran Foran being out? Do you reckon that's had any impact on on Tommy? Nah, they'll give him nah. a ball. If if they if if Des isn't saying to him, give it to Tommy on the way out. It's yeah. the easiest coaching gig. <laughs> Tom, or to Tom, let him go. Yeah, well, the name Kate Kate Custer five eight, who's probably more of a runner, but I could easily see Schuster going to five eight. Come kick off bigger body and he loves the, the no look passes he gives plenty of war so that could be something to keep an eye on he loves those no look passes doesn't he I get over it it's Crazy. hilarious what's your plans for Schuster guys you're gonna hang on or I've, I'm holding it for now I don't know if I will yeah. long term just I think it comes down to who plays Oregon and who doesn't because if uh, 
I mean, if if Luai doesn't play Origin, I think I might just keep holding him, and I'll probably want Cody Walker for around 17 if he doesn't play Origin either, in which case Schuster's probably the one who has to go for that setup. But yeah, it's uh, I mean, he's a fine backup, you know. <laughs> Anyone who's playing 80 minutes on an edge, even with his lower work rate, like for an 80 minute back rower, a 30 base is crap, but you know, for a 5 eighth, that's fine, you know. Hey, I know, I know, I know this Blake's not great for 13, but is what are you thinking about Big Marty starting again? Tommy's back, probably as like cheap as he's been for a while. Yeah, I don't think I can do it, eh? Yeah, I've been a burnt to power owner for a while. Mate, he's got the game. Obviously, his offloads is just, you know, he can pull four or five a game very easily. And even his short game, like you said, I've kept it for that beautiful try on the weekend. Like, that's just, you know, poultry. But, you know, I'd probably go Paseca if I, if anything. And even the back rower, I look at Tatu, he's, his leg drive on the weekend was outstanding. Didn't really relate to much super coach points, but he can do anything, that kid. So how much I like about him. Yeah, there's been a lot of hype about him. So it'd be good mm. to see him kind of develop a bit more and hopefully we see got that Kalamatangi about him that sort of big sort of maybe the hair gives it a bit like that you know <laughs> you pick on the halfback he'll run all day at the halfback and you know good ball players like he's got DC inside him Kalamatangi's got Benji mm. and Cody Walker inside him they make him look good definitely uh, big call on Matangi has, has been very impressively recently mm. so alright look that, that wraps up the teams uh, I think there's plenty to talk about still but look let's look at uh, our Swish Super Coach Stars of the Week if you are what you say you are, a superstar, then have no fear, the camera's here. Alright, so uh, firstly we have to announce our winner of our special Magic Round edition. So a $200 discount voucher was up for grabs. And the winner, so Cleary, obviously, Supercoach record, top score of 225, followed by Nico Hines at 182. So congratulations goes to Ray Donington at N underscore J underscore idiot who picked Cleary uh, only for, a, you know, 150, 160 odds. So a bit disappointing. It wasn't that high, obviously. But <laughs> uh, look, it's great. So congratulations. You'll win basically uh, the discount voucher. You can pretty much buy anyone to do your video for you. Uh, but look, it was a pretty rough round for each of us. Uh, well, firstly, Bear, I know you threw it away because you were going to pick Cleary, but you went with Luai instead. Uh, so Luai only scored 23, unfortunately. Did I uh, say that I was going to go Cleary but would give you a chance, didn't I? You did, you did. Right, and and look, Luai, that was crap. For a team that scored that many points, get 23, useless. Cleary is clearly hogging it all. Like He was like, no, nah, this is me. I'm going for the Supercoach record. He definitely said that. <laughs> uh, I picked Pappenhausen, so he also scored 23, but for other reasons. Uh, I was pretty spewing him out. It's like, you know, I was going to argue for the technicality, you know, add Nico Hines plus Pappenhausen scored together, and that's really what he should have gotten. But no, Joe, his, he picked best for 130. Best actually scored 54, so he actually won this week, which is kind of embarrassing considering the scores. But that's all good, all good. Look. Hey, Joe's no. Joe's been trying to like he won and he knows the rules. The lowest score goes first. He's shooting through Teddy. So, Joe, you're out. Joe, you're in. But Joe, because you're not get just because you're new and haven't done it before, we're not giving you a chance. You're still picking last. Okay. You're just confusing yourself. <laughs> Which Joe are you talking to? Howdy, Joe. Rules are rules. <laughs> so, look, basically, whoever wins the week before has to pick last. 
So yeah, Joe. I'll pick last. Even though you're, you're standing in for Joe Fitz, you can still pick last this week. Basically, look, I'm going to go first, and uh, look, Teddy's the easiest option. I'm going to captain him, but I'm going to pick my boy Matt Ikavalu. 160. He's going for a Hattie this week. And over to you, Bear. Who are you going to pick? I'm going to go Teddy Bugger it. And <laughs> he'll go. He's going to go for 120. Only? Is that all? That's, that's not enough. <laughs> yeah. Walker oh, okay. will get a few. Ikevalu will get a few. So I'll just one to <laughs> All right. And Joe? I'm going to go against my team and Mr. A.J. Brimson for 125. Good shot there. All right. Thanks for stepping in there. So, look, that is our Swish Supercoach star predictions for the week. We do have to thank Swish for sponsoring this segment and putting up, obviously, the discount codes. I was really, really, really hoping to get a special message, but uh, just due to, obviously, the players being busy and traveling and stuff, weren't quite able to get that happening. So, uh, fingers crossed we get a video in soon, and, you know, it's always fun to have these players bag us out. Uh, but look, Swish are changing the way fans interact with their favorite athletes. You can get the opportunity to get a personalized video message from a sports star. Plenty of NRL players, obviously, we've shown Ryan Pappenhausen, we've shown Brian Tor, there's a couple of other special ones coming in coming weeks, hopefully. Perfect chance to deliver a message to your mates or family or relatives or whatever in a different way. Wish them happy birthday. You know, if they're a Mad Rabbitohs fan, getting Cam Murray to wish them happy birthday, that's pretty special, I reckon. Uh, you know, even just sledging your super coach mates. Uh, if you captain Cleary for his super coach record breaking score and your mate didn't, imagine getting Nathan Cleary to rub it in. It would certainly go down differently, that's the, for sure. But it's really easy. You can just jump on the website, heyswish.com, pick an athlete, send your instructions for the video. Swish takes care of the rest. And don't forget 20%, at least 20%, rather, of the proceeds from every video gets donated to children's charities. So get over to Swish at Swish, S-W-Y-S-H on all the social medias, also heyswish.com. And you can also enter our discount code CHAMP, C-H-A-M-P. You'll get 10% off any video that you ordered there. So thanks again to Swish for sponsoring the segment for us. Now let's move on to talking about some strategy for this round. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. All right, so first and foremost, I think we kind of talked about this earlier, but so many people are talking about giving up, basically. And it's just, they're like, oh, I'm ranked 10,000, I'm ranked 20,000, I'm ranked 5,000, whatever. I think the overwhelming message we want to deliver is it's too early. Don't give up. And so we just want to really quickly um, run through some figures. Uh, One of our champs who asked to remain anonymous uh, has put together some figures for us and she's going to run through those. So thanks, Laza. Oh. Sorry, mate. Let you just just let that one slip. But all right. So number one, currently sitting on thirteen thousand six hundred ninety points. So obviously, that's the person we are chasing. They got a handy one hundred fifty six point lead over second, and then they have two hundred sixty six points uh, to tenth. So even that 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 sounds like a fair bit, but I think we've seen it's it's really not. Uh, then you look to the top fifty. There's three hundred ninety eight points from the top fifty to number one. And then, you know, top 100, 465 points. Top 1,000, 762 points. So I guess arguably, you know, 760 points, that sounds like a lot. Normally you would say that's way too much to chase down. But, I mean, we saw literally just this week, I think the former leader, 
was you're now sitting in second, scored 12.98, if I'm not mistaken. And the one, the, the current leader scored 16.90 something, like almost 1700. So, wow. you know, that, that, that gap just from there is basically 400 points in one week. So I think it just really highlights how much this can swing. Uh, we used MJ as an example before, ranked 350th or somewhere around there, rocket up to 17th, straight into contention. And now, you know, at, at 17th, he's roughly 270, 280 points off the lead after one week, going from, you know, in the hundreds. So I just think it's really, really close. Uh, it doesn't matter what your ranking says. It's about how many points back you are. And we're seeing week on, week off, three, 400 points. Bear, I'll throw it over to you. I mean, does that change your thinking at all about all of this? Or No, nah, like, I, th- I think so far, like I said, I, 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 even I've been lagging back and lagging back, and then you just get a few consistent weeks in a row and you see yourself climb up the ranks. And like you said, like, it, it doesn't take much. Like, you captain the Pappenhausen who... Like, let's be honest, he, he could have done anything. And so he could have had the 200 and Cleary could have had nothing, but a, a simple KO to him puts him out for the game. He gets 20, Cleary gets 200. So the leader does Captain's Pappenhausen in three weeks and same thing happens and, mate, it's all over. I think, yeah, the captaincy choices is what it um boils down to this year, I think. Joe, what are your thoughts on, on that? Like, does that kind of breakdown does that help you yeah well i totally agree with bear captaincy has been everything for me last year i nailed captaincies like you know tedesco was getting those 190s i got him the thing it's got a bit of a tangent what bear was saying when all the fullbacks are fit you've got sort of five or six gun fullbacks that can ton up you know big tons in any given week so for example i've got turbo and tedesco at the moment for example but if ponga has a good matchup for a couple of rounds and no one's got him or pappenhausen it's it, you know you can't fit six top fullbacks in two positions, so there's going to be plenty of room to move. My biggest thing when I tell people ask me about the super coach, especially when you try to make up ground, you got to find that one gun that you just you know, whether it's your gut feel or whatever it is. For me, it was Cody Walker last year. I saw Luai to Cody Walker with five weeks to go, and then come the last round, Luai scored a hundred and Cody Walker scored two hundred. But that was like the difference because I think in the top forty, there was only like maybe three or four that had Cody Walker, and Cody Walker played the Roosters, who were obviously you know the defending champions and score 200. It's like anything's possible. You, know, you just got to sort of, you know, back your gut, do a bit of research, but then that, you know, back your gut and anything can happen. As it was proven with, you know, you know, the guy that was coming 350 up to 17th, that's like enormous. It's huge. And I think, you know, so even for the, that's why we love the game, isn't it? So sorry to cut you off there, mate. That's why we love the game, um, Wilfred, because, you know, anything can happen. Definitely. And I think just with, the, you know, the, the blowouts and everything that's been going on, I think we're going to yeah. find, it's it's way too early to give up, and and we haven't even touched on the fact that you know by rounds people can catch up two three hundred points easily, and uh, that was in the past. Let alone now, where I mean, could you imagine if Ryan Pappenhausen misses Origin right and he goes for two hundred on a buy round? That would be insane. Wow. Like people wouldn't have been able to get him, and mm. you know, it's huge. It'd be huge. But yeah, yeah, well, yeah guy and I were talking off air before. With the origin period and with the way you know concussions and HIAs and restings are going to come in and you know it's, it, there's going to be so much opportunity, trades are going to be gold as well. So like, you know, if you're in the back end of the year, like I said, with you know ten trades with ten rounds to go or whatever it's going to be, 
you're in a, you know, got a massive leg up on people that will probably burn through trades, especially with that super buy round week where they're doing five trades to set up for the round, second buy round. There's so much opportunity, so much opportunity. And, you know, not to ever wish injury on anything, but like if people are burning trades like this and let's say they they lose one of their gun fullbacks and they, they've only got one for the rest of the season, you know what I mean? Like that's huge. If they're running five rounds with only one gun fullback, that's potentially you're missing out on 100 points per week. So that could in itself be a huge chance to catch up to. Just to keep going, um, so if... I know a lot of people, you know, they set their preseason goal to top 1,000, hoping for the lucky key ring. I'm not sure if they're doing key rings. I'd hope so, with KFC being the major sponsor. Uh, but look, right now, the cutoff for top 1,000, 12,928 points. So even someone like me, who's floundering back in around 9,000s or whatever, only 400-odd points. So really not that hard to catch up. Like I said, literally one big round and you're there. So it's uh, really, really condensed. You know, 1,000 to 3,000 is 192 points. To 5,000 is 300 points. To even 20,000, that's 800 points. So very, very viable to be able to catch up in, you know, there's so many rounds to go still. So I just think, yeah, don't give up. It's it's far too early for that. But, you know, now we've had 10 rounds of data. I think it's a good time to maybe take stock and, reflect on you know what have we learned over the first 10 rounds i mean you guys have spoke, both spoken about captaincy it's nothing new right it's obviously something that has been increasingly important especially we saw that last year right the the big scores the blowouts already started happening so making sure you nailed the right captaincy on those you know 150 plus scores was already critical um you know i think we've seen Right now, a lot of people in the top 1,000 are there because they've nailed the captains and they could have a pretty trash team, but they've gotten on the right captains at the right time and it's carrying them for all their other bad decisions that they're making. You know, I've seen some teams where they've got they've been rolling out for weeks, the likes of Jason Saab and Simonson and, um, and Laurie and, and maybe one gun uh, center wing in there, but it's just... You know, it doesn't matter when you're captaining 225 times two or like, you know, 191 times two or whatever it is. So looking ahead, let's say from rounds 11 to round 25, what do you reckon are the viable strategies here? I might start with yourself, Bear. Mate, I'm personally, just with the way I'm going through trades and how it seems to be falling with um, how often you'll need to be trading players in and out. I think I'm just going to try, and I've mentioned this before, I think I'm just going to try and get to my final 17 and whatever trades I have left over, just use them for like suspensions and HIAs and stuff like that. I've been going through fullbacks and I'm probably not going to do that anymore. I'm pretty set on the ones I like. Um, Obviously, Tom... It's probably the best fullback in Supercoach at the minute. And then I still think, I think it's got to be Paps. Um, the Storm are scoring points at will. They look really good. And um, he's kicking goals. And you could just see it. He scored, what, 23 points in 12 minutes or eight minutes or whatever he was on the field for there. So he's he's going to be hard to back against. So... Yeah, I, I won't be going through fullbacks anymore. I'll just be trying to get my team. It looks and you and you go through it too. Like you look at the averages, and 
small sample size for like your Tommy who's averaging 122 but only played five games. But Cleary's up there, nine games for 110. Paps is 101 after six. Apart from David Fafita, who's just been a freak, a lot of these players, and Matt Figai, he's 89, but he's only played one game. A lot of these players are coming from those top four teams that you'd expect. So what we were saying at the start of the year, where these teams that are so much better are just going to put on points, I'm I'm probably going to be aiming for those sorts of players. And then, obviously, Tohu Harris is up there, but he's just a worker who's going to do it all the time. And Pong is a gun in, in a crap team. So, yeah, they're the guys you've got to look for. I think you've got to look for the real guns in the crap teams or obviously players in the good teams who are going to score a heap of points. And it's just, just those rules. The rules are just lending itself to helping the teams with the fittest athletes. Like there's just a, a gap between teams at the minute that's just crazy in the comp. And we're seeing it in the scores. I think what you're highlighting about the teams, you know, we, we kind of talked about it last week in breaking down, you know, the top four offensive teams right now, uh, mostly, you know, the Panthers and the Storm and then also the Roosters and the Eels and looking at their spine players and how many of them are highly, uh, you know, highly uh, high up in the averages. Um, so I think, yeah, there's definitely merit to what you're saying there in terms of just targeting players from those teams because those spine players are doing it and setting up the people around them. So their center wings their, and the edge back roles are all very viable options there. So what are your preliminary thoughts, I guess, just in, you know, what have you kind of taken away from the first 10 rounds that you're going to be you know, applying to the rest of the season for you? Yeah, so I, I sort of agree with the guy as well, getting your sort of best 17. I think if you go for your best 17 sort of for the run home or for the duration of the season, you're going to forego sort of by players coverage, by coverage players. Um, I remember, so the year before I, you know, I, I didn't really, I, I looked at the buys, which I think is obviously an important strategy as a collective, as in like round 13 and round 16. I didn't sort of go to get 15 and round 16 and then try to get like 15, 16 in. I tried to aim for about 25, 26, but quality. And I was speaking to the guy off, uh, off, on, off the air before. Someone like Liam Martin two years ago for me, he was at 290k, you know, he came up against Manly at home and he scored, I think, two tries for nine yard points. Whereas people were scrambling for forwards that were going to score 20 or 25. So it's more the quality of a quantity. So with trades being so scarce this year, and I'm, I'm certain that come the back end of the year, like I mentioned a few times tonight, this, with, with the speed of the game, the HOAs, suspensions, the restings, trades are going to be so vulnerable at the end of the year. So if you can sort of um, knuckle down those buys and like I said get quality even if you get 12 or 13 but of quality players for the for the buy games and if you can somehow not burn those five trades in super trade week it's going to hold you in great stead for the for the run in and then if you know you got the luxury at the end of the year where we can switch fullbacks for matchups you know for Holmes or you know Brimson or someone has a weaker team and you know Teddy's getting rested or Turbo's you know to rested or whatever happens you know with the other gun fullbacks there's plenty of ground to be made up so, um, and I think of it like, you know, a bit of a, a lot, you know, Melbourne Cup in, in November rather than sort of trying to get everything in those first, you know, in those buy rounds, because I think it's going to be a long season. Yeah, I definitely feel in the long season because we're not going to be used to it. Like last year, literally, you only played for 20 rounds. There's going to be an extra five this year. Plus, obviously, there's buy rounds in there. We've got to learn to juggle the origin fatigue and things like that. So I know the, the temptation has been to just sprint. From the outset, Supercoach has always been 
you know, a leader's game, right? We've, we've said that in the past, getting up to a lead or being up to up the top and then just holding on basically to the end has been a way that uh, a lot of the winners, the past winners have managed to do it. But just, I think you've highlighted so much the, the fact that the injuries, restings that could happen. We saw in rounds 20 last year, how many players, like how many teams just got decimated because six or seven guns got rested again. Like that's so going to happen this year again because of obviously the longer season and with potentially four or five of the top teams all locked away. Like if the top four is already locked in, like what are these top four teams playing for? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. you, you can almost guarantee the likes of Cleary or Munster and even maybe like a Pappenhausen or uh, those types of guys, they might actually have to, you know, be given the week off. So you need to have a trade or two to swap them to someone else. Otherwise, yeah, like Wolf, like I said, last round last year, I had whatever twenty or twenty-one players. I had one trade left, and um, Cody Walker would not have been in my final seventeen playing the Roosters. But because I think I had Salomone got rested, I got Cameron Smith, uh, Bateman from the Raiders got rested. There was seven rests that I was forced to play um, Cody Walker, which I never would have played. And I had that one trade where I sold Munster got rested for Matt Dufty and again that was my smoky that I just had a gut feeling for you know people thought I was crazy and I Captain Lomax like things that I didn't do all year so like the opportunity will be there you know what I mean and especially like that one trade I'm pretty sure the leaders didn't have many none had, didn't have any trades I think towards the end of the year so that one trade like proved very vital because Munster was out because Pappenhausen was rested you know there were a few players were rested so like I said and it's going to be you know so much more exaggerated this year with, you know, Vanani's coming out and saying, you know, and the, the big, you know, the the hype on player welfare, the, you know, it's it's second to none now. So coaches want to have their, you know, their players fresh after an origin, mid-year origin series with the extra speed of the game with, you know. So I definitely, definitely think the more trades you can save, it, it's it's critical, definitely critical this year. I think you drew, drew out a very good point as well there. So you said you had about 21 as your final team last year, plus the one yeah, trade, and you needed every single one of those players. Absolutely. So I think it, more so, like, I know a lot of people have started with Nuffs and running with Nuffs, and in the past, you know, you wanted to maybe get to, like, 19 or 20 and then mm. have some trades to swap guns and stuff at the end. But I'm honestly thinking, like, this year you want 21, maybe 22, so maybe no more than three Nuffs in your team. And plus trades at the end to to be able to balance it all. So yeah. that's why I'm like, you know, I, I get again why people were jumping from fullback to fullback, and it's helped mm-hmm. a lot of people get up the rankings. But I'm just kind of looking at those trades, and sure, it maybe helped you with 150 points here, and maybe 75 points there. But I'm looking at the the last couple of rounds and going, well, if someone goes down, my one trade can net me 400 points. And then yeah. at that point, and so it's not, I feel like to me, it's not your traditional type of super coach thinking because no. like I said, it's the leader's game. Usually you want to get out to the front, but with how many points are being scored, like the blowouts could even happen even more come end of season when, you know, st- the, the bad teams are really giving up and yeah. like it just could, we could really see some bigger, even bigger score lines than what we're seeing now. So to me, I, I kind of think you're yeah, getting to a strong 17 and then working in your captaincy options and then just obviously still <laughs> it's it's so hard balancing all these things, right? Not burning all your trades while getting to your seventeen, while balancing the, the buys 
and having spare traits to build depth outside of your 17 yeah. so you can get those extra four or five different guns and then still having some traits at the end like yeah i, I can't see myself being able to do all of that basically with the way i've had well, to use yeah, traits so it's far be a challenge yeah exactly but i think i mean for, for last year it was like so twin around 37 trades so you pretty much could trade every week you know excluding the, obviously the buy the super buy around where we early on after covid we had five trades but it was obviously easier to conserve trades last year because it was 20 rounds with the same amount of trades the big leg up this year cash generation has been so easy like everyone's team values are very high making money has not been an issue this year yep. it's been actually very easy so you know you're going to forego I think you just got to, like I said, pull back the reins because you've got plenty of cash there to have 20 guns or 21 guns, like you mentioned, Wilfred. So, and the cheapers will keep popping up. There'll be a lot of restings, like we said, and you can, you know, come the end of the year when you know, these big guys do get rested and you want to downgrade to a guy that's playing, you know, you'll be, you'll be playing, making plenty of money, plenty of money. So that's not going to be an issue for the for us this year. It's got to make picking our team next year hard, that. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I mean, we already saw a bit of that this year, right? Worry about that then. Ben, you and I kind of touched on this before we started recording, but without getting into too much of the controversy about the new edict with the refs and the you know sin bins and the send offs and stuff, the reality is, is we're going to have to deal with whatever the refs are doing. I think we both think uh, you and I, Ben, we both think it's going to settle down a little bit. I thought even Sunday we kind of it was already less crazy compared to the Friday night where. Obviously, you know, eight sin bins in two games compared to what we saw the remainder of the week. But I kind of think we need to weigh that into our consideration. So the obvious option is to look at guys who, and, you know, look past guys who probably are a bit more loose with their tackle technique, if you put it that way. Uh, I, I kind of think, you know, maybe staying away from forwards generally with captaincy options, right? Can you imagine how many more forwards get binned compared to... Yeah. You know, your set of wings and stuff? No way. If, if you're not captain and fullbacks or cleary, you're probably doing it wrong anyway. But, yeah, also just picking guys who, like, having Pangai in your team was difficult at the best of times when they were a bit down on sending players off. But these days, makes yeah, I'd be on the back of my seat. I wanted to get him in, haven't been able to get him in yet, but I'll be monitoring that. I think you need those guys who have got big motors who can um, hold their technique for longer. Guys like Angus Crichton and um, even Tohu Harris, just guys who aren't loose trying to put big shots on all the time. Otherwise, it, yeah, it, like it, it, it's so easy to go wrong. Like they honestly, they're not going out meaning to do this stuff. It's just what happens in the game. So. I mean, that kind of leans towards maybe, you know, this is a good opportunity just to lock down your forward pack, right? And then don't worry about it. Just don't worry about going for the edge back rollers and whatever who might score a couple of tries. But then maybe the opportunity is, aside from getting your captaincy right and cycling the full backs and whatever, but maybe look at a set of wings. Because I, th- I don't know if it's just me, but I'm finding that there's more and more tries, more wingers getting doubles here and there. I don't know. Is there an opportunity to maybe cycle some of the center wings rather than... I mean, to me, there's not that many standout guns. Well, we even thought Brian Toro was untouchable, but even this week, only 34, which is a bit disappointing by his standards, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't, yeah, I guess that's where it's, it's, it's... There's definitely opportunities there at that center wing position as well, but I kind of think maybe it's, you know, for round 
14 onwards. Uh, I feel like a lot of us probably have a fairly set center wing that you're going to rely upon up until round 13. Let them cover the buys, and then after that, you're ditching them and, and cycling to some more lesser-owned options, maybe. Yeah, well, like you said, Wilfred, those dominant teams, the Panthers, the Storm, the Roosters, you know, you know, you couldn't go wrong with the George Jennings, for example. Ikevalu, you know, perfect example, you brought him in last week. You're going to score tries. Matty Burden, or you go, you know, Charlie Staines is, you know, hat-trick and then two tries. Croydon's on a bit of a tear at the moment, Stephen Croydon. So there's definitely potential for going for those center wings that are in the, the teams that are really dominating the competition at the moment. Yep. Unfortunately, there's <laughs> it certainly makes it interesting, obviously, with the crackdown that's going on and all. But have you guys thought about your trades? Hey, the way I've talked about saving trades, I'm thinking none at the moment. I will have, yeah, with Curran out, I've still got, I won't be playing Connor Watson. Mitchell Barnett and Connor Watson would be my sort of, I've got to choose one of those two. Yeah, I might save a trade. No real good cheapies coming through. Yeah, what do you do? Trading wise, mate, I'm probably just gonna, and I, I know I'm paying overs, but again, he's gonna have a decent run through to 13. Obviously, get rid of him after 14, but I'm going Simmonson to Hines, and then I'll save the other one. Yeah, that's a good shot. Unfortunately, I wish I could save at least one trade, if not two, but um, my starting back row right now is Angus Crichton, Mitch Barnett, and Josh Curran. So <laughs> I've also got Dave Fafita sitting on the, the bench still. And yeah, unfortunately, Ryan James is not quite going to cut it. <laughs> so I will have to burn one trade. I just haven't quite decided what I'm going to do yet. And, you know, Madison's probably the simple option, but I don't have enough money to go to him in one trade. And as you pointed out, Joe, there's not really any gun uh, standout trades uh, for cheapies or whatever. So, I mean, I tentatively thought about, you know, Ryan James down to a Sean Bloor, and that gives me a little bit more coin to be able to go current up to Madison, I think. I'd have to work the numbers, but. Yeah, it's not ideal, that's for sure. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. I'm trading out of necessity, not because I want to. It's just one of those weeks, isn't it? <laughs> it's a good opportunity to save trades if you can, given there's no obvious standout options that you have to get in this week. But it's also, yeah, obviously the, the injury suspensions, things like that will kind of force our hand if you're unlucky like I am right now. I love the Nico, Nico Hines trade there, Kai. I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, he, he like it's a shame because he's, to get a start and spot, yeah. he's going to have to storm. But I mean, you'd want to see him playing every week, wouldn't you? Yeah. The way he's playing is magic. I think I'm just too stubborn. Like I didn't buy for feet, I couldn't start with him. I couldn't pay 100 grand for for feet or 700 grand for Papalihi. So I can't pay five odd, 500 odd when he was 296 when I should have bought him. I'm very similar to you. I paid up for Fafita and. I think I got him when it was about seven fifty. Oh, so okay. that's yeah, doable. It, it was still okay. Yeah. It's not quite eight fifty two or whatever some people yeah. paid for last time they got him, but and I was stubborn and I didn't buy Papa Lee in the end when he was like six thirty six, and that's when Bear got kept on. Saying, yeah. <laughs> kept on keeping. Oh, look, you know what? What we said was going to happen finally happened this week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, only about uh, six weeks late, but <laughs> that's right. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. But yeah, so so me, for me, uh, it's just yeah, out of necessity. But all right. Um, look, I think that's we've covered a lot and really a lot of details. So we'll just finish up just by plugging our group comp. Uh, so as always, supercoachchampion.com. Thank you for sponsoring this segment and, and putting up the supercoachchampion.com ring. Have you seen those rings yet, Joe? Oh, cracker, yeah. In one of the leagues I'm in, they bought one. So yeah, loving it. Hope I win it. They're, they're, they're quite handy. Absolutely. And, you know, I've got it couple sitting around, but 
Uh, so for us, uh, one of our champs, Reese Thorns Legion, up to eighth. So he's leading the competition and a couple behind, obviously. Uh, my MJ at 4020s in 17th. And then in, in 12th, we've got Robert, coach of Centurions. So quite a tough comp up to the top there. So good luck to those guys. And, and obviously, we're keen to see how that all plays out. But yeah, look, Hank, that's a long chat today. A lot of stuff to talk about, so we really do appreciate your time, Joe. Thanks for coming on, and yeah, we, it's always great to hear from you and to get your insight and, and your, your knowledge as well. Uh, we'll definitely be keen to get you back on again and to hear from you again. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, so just to finish up, um, please let us know what we can do better. Um, leave us review, ratings, uh, and also subscribe. Make sure you get the Late Mail Edition when it drops um, each Thursday. Uh, shout out to the champs. We do appreciate your support in the Patreon. As always, we'll chat to you on the Discord and keep helping you guys out and hopefully keep improving uh, your teams. And, yeah, thanks to everyone for listening, and we will catch you again soon. Cheers, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. It may be on the walls of the heart.